This week's episode of Lawyer Up is sponsored by no one. Uh, however, we would like to give a shout out to the Possum Posse, a band in Austin, Texas, who wrote the song titled Amarillo. Check out their latest album, Local Motion, and the rest of their shenanigans at thepossumposse.com. Can't get out the black and white commercial of the old lady in the rocking chair. The rocking yeah. chair, and you're just worried about your future in living in a retirement home. Uh-huh. Well, actually, yes and no. But what I was thinking in particular is the show title, Amarillo. I do you know, now. Do you know what I've been thinking about? What, what yes, song now I, do. I can't get out of my head. <laughs> What was that? What is that song specifically? Amarillo from Possum Posse. Oh, um, okay. Jeez, I'm stupid. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's okay. Uh, most of our uh, listeners may not be aware of it, but if you are a listener coming from the Diamond Club uh, kind of community, then you would know uh, exactly who the Possum Posse are. But let's just start with the show, shall we? Mike has been helping Stacy out. He has told her. I pretty much if she likes it or not, he's going to take care of uh, her and Kaylee, uh, his uh, granddaughter. And uh, they, so Stacy's been used to that. He's bringing her money for rent, um, coming by and making sure he can, you know, Kaylee's doing well, spending time with her. That's very important to Mike. And uh, Stacy mentions that she's not getting any sleep because she's hearing gunshots. She doesn't like the neighborhood. Then he says immediately, okay, I'm staying here tonight. And she said, no, no, don't make me regret telling you about this. And um, so it's clear that Stacy wants some help, but she doesn't, Mike's help, but she doesn't want Mike to stay the night pretty much. And which is kind of sad because I, I, and here's, I have some questions for you guys about where Stacy's coming from, but it seems to me that Stacy feels like Mike owes her. And so she, because I don't think she's a manipulative person. I think she just feels that, yes, because of what happened to my husband, your son, I kind of blame you um, because it came from that world, that corrupt cop world that you were a part of. And uh, even though he tried to save his son, obviously. So that's my kind of take on it because basically what happened is, he sits out all night long. He gets his pimento sandwich and his uh, Walkman to listen to this baseball game. I'm, I have a feeling we're going to see that again because we've seen it before. And he uh, is out all night. You know, obviously, he didn't fall asleep. And if there were gunshots, he would have heard them. He did hear a sound. It was a sound of newspapers being dropped. Mm-hmm. So that could have been what Stacy heard at 3.32, 3.23 in the morning. 
Um, but she, the next day she claimed he rushes over because she said somebody, something's happened. And, uh, it, he, she claims that there's a little crack in the side of her house and that, that, that was a, a gunshot, um, that someone shot. She said, I know I heard it. I woke up. I, you know, I, I heard it and he knows that she didn't hear it. She, she or he knows that, that he did she, she, he suggests, is it possible that you dreamt it? Because that's my thought is that I wake up sometimes thinking I hear things and I don't, and it's really in my dream. But, um, I, I, okay. So my take is, so my question to you guys first is, is she being manipulative? Is she trying to take advantage of him? Um, no. or, or where do you think that, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Like, or is it just kind of, cause it could uh, you go, go ahead. When it, Sharon, why don't you start? I don't think she's being manipulative. It it feels like, like you said, that if it wasn't for Mike, her husband probably would have gone into another profession and would still be alive. You know, I should have a man here to look after these sort of things. And mm-hmm. you're asking, you know, I'm going to tell you, but I don't want to be too inconvenient. It's almost like I want to tell you what's on my mind, but I don't want to literally ask for your help. And I don't know. I don't think that she's, I don't know. I got the feeling that she wanted to, she just wants out. There's something she doesn't like and she's going to freak out if Mike tells her he was there. And that was the part that, that worried me. Why Mike didn't just say I stayed in the street and I was there the whole time. She, she says he wasn't there and he doesn't disagree. Yeah, that's true. And I, it's possible that, yeah, he didn't uh, bring, bring up his uh, kind of recon mission uh, just because, yeah, doesn't want to freak her out even more because I, I remember parts of season of the first season where, you know, he would suggest of like, you know, Hey, you know, I'll come watch, watch this for you and things like that. And then just, uh, she just kind of, you know, said, no, 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 don't worry about it. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's purpose manipulation, but it's all, there's, for some reason, some sort of like, I feel bad for you. Manipulation comes up uh, as far yeah. as, you know, you're by yourself. Uh, I feel like I need to take care of you instead of, and, and then you kind of. As if her, she's you know, doing him a favor by allowing him to take care of them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you kind of get that sense when uh, at the end, uh, t- towards the end of the episode, that he's staying in the house, even though. It would kind of make clear that, hey, we need to get out like now if this is how you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, at this point, uh, Mike doesn't have the connections that he will have later down the road of the, the kind of witness protection quick mover service mm-hmm. that uh, uh, somebody like Jimmy gets uh, in becoming the Cinnabon manager, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. So it's – Will we see that relocation, something like that down the line? Who knows? I, I think that's an, an absolute possibility if she does feel like she needs an out. Uh, but right now, I think she's – I personally think she's imagining things. Uh, that Nick uh, didn't really look bullety to me. Uh, I know bullety isn't a word, but um, <laughs> that is something I just – I couldn't see. I agree. I just kept looking like, I don't see it. And I think Mike 
because I, I didn't notice it until the second time watching, but I think Mike didn't think it was a bullet either because, you know, he rushed over quickly as could be, got there, and and she pointed out the bullet shot. And, you know, he was very serious about it until he saw the bullet or the, the nick in the wall. And then his face kind of, hmm, I don't even know if that's a bullet. And then she goes on to say, yes, it woke me up at 3.23 this morning. And that at that point, he was like, oh, of course it's not. You know, I know it's not. But, you know, she wants my help. She wants to get out of here. So we'll get her out of here. Um, you know, actually, isn't this a, a little side part? Uh, I know this has been already broadcasted on other podcasts or you know, particularly the Insider podcast and other places. But did I, I, I wondered if you guys noticed the, the, um, the stuffed uh, pig. Yes, yeah. the the stuffed pig in the bee with Mike and his granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. now, can you kind of reference uh, what what the stuffed pig is about? Well, he uses it to uh, put on the door to hang on the door, so that when uh, it's when he has to take out some of his former uh, colleagues uh, or I don't know which That's partners in grime. Where, to, yep. Yeah, okay. and. Uh, he, he puts it in front of the peephole and the, then he got the guy goes, he comes out around through the back or something and shoots the guy or, you know, whatever. Yep, I believe that is uh, the, the blood money stuff where they had this certain accounts mm-hmm. that he had to uh, close in, in breaking bad. And oh that, that's, it's so interesting of how many uh, Easter eggs they're kind of throwing in into uh you know, Better Call Saul with, you know, Breaking Bad references. And the the pig is one. The broker is, is one, you know, from, from the premiere. And just little things of, I, I think we've talked about this before, of, you know, keeping keeping the Breaking Bad fans happy. Uh, and then, but also kind of creating your own universe and keeping everyone on pace. And, yeah, yeah. They're definitely trying really hard to keep the uh, the... the- Breaking Bad uh, Easter eggs in there for everyone, um, which is nice. It's nice. I mean, it's just nice that they took the time and effort to really go rake through Breaking Bad and pick up the, all the little pieces that they could find that they could reuse. Um, so I don't. I I like it. I'm glad that they're doing it. I don't think they're just doing it to keep it to keep Breaking Bad fans. I think they're doing it because it makes a hell of a nice story. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think they're eventually? Uh, the Easter egg uh, train is going to get a little uh, almost unwelcoming. Is there like a certain thing where you're like, okay, come on, that that's yes, it was in the show, but that's no, not needed. Not with these people, no, I don't think so. Because I, always tiny things. It's never like a main plot point where half the people don't understand the show. It's always something tiny that if you didn't get it, it would have no, no effect on your understanding of the current story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but it also, I like it because I like that more and more we're seeing that this is not just a prequel. It's not, you know, it is both a prequel, a concurrent show with Breaking Bad and a sequel all at the same time. So I think that's the best, best thing they could have done for the show. Now let's kind of jump back into the uh, main character of, of the show. And that's a good old Jimmy McGill, uh, lawyer extraordinaire, uh, Sharon, kind of what? Why don't you go on about uh, just uh, Jimmy's uh, creative ways of uh, 
gathering clients. Yeah, I, you know what? I was a big fan of how the show started and I loved his feel with the older ladies on the bus. And mm-hmm. it was just so, so Jimmy, you know, it was, it was really great. And then um, when Kim had that real serious conversation with him and didn't play footsie with him, I thought he would get the idea and she made it very clear why he had to do everything right. And she even, almost begged, like, please, you have to do it right. And I was really disappointed at the end in him, you know, as far as, um, I mean, she had just said to do it right. And the whole reason he came up with this commercial and he was so proud of it was because it was a legit way to go about reaching these clients. And it, it then he screws it up off his knowledge of the clients. And yeah, he screwed it up and he, I don't know why he aired the commercial without asking permission. He was like two steps away from going into the office. And I guess he couldn't risk being told no. Why do you guys think he didn't? Well, that commercial, that commercial was kind of a little risky uh, as far as it's uh, back in that age. uh, There's when it comes to lawyer commercials and, and, you know, they even demonstrated, uh, their their previous commercial <laughs> all Mesothelioma. and there are still commercials like that today of just like have you been suffering from methylthemioma and yes. you know uh and these are the things that you've been experiencing of you know headaches uh, backache things like that um i loved i loved i'm sorry but i loved when uh they said they worked really hard to get that right and he's like what right the yeah. blue squiggly lines in the background <laughs> Yeah, and I forget the word, but it was so funny. Yeah, they didn't yeah. look too cosmic or something. Something it was great. I laughed hysterically. <laughs> yeah, and and there, like I said, there's still lawyer commercials that still do those mm-hmm. types of things during you know Maury and you know Steve Wilco's show and stuff like that. And for them to, there, from my understand, I don't even know if there are still commercials that almost have a reenactment or, you know, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, some sort of emotional story, trauma uh, stuff. It 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 almost kind of like pity our client. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Something like that. And it almost seems like they're, uh, it's clear that they're chasing after a certain crowd. Um, Mm. and I don't think you're supposed to, uh, do that in advertising as far as like, make it very clear, like, okay, you know, hey, uh, people that stayed home from school today, uh, step over to the side and uh, let me talk to your grandma for right now. Uh, yeah, th- there's, there's attorney announcements on the internet, uh, I mean, on the television commercials, I should say, sound more like announcements. They sound now today almost more like, uh, this is a broadcast by the State Emergency Management Agency. This is only a test because it comes up really quick, like, Do you have, were you involved in this, whatever, eating this product between this date and that date? If so, contact us now because we're doing a, a, you know, a class action lawsuit, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, so it's very like the ones I see or have seen, and I don't know, I don't watch a whole lot of TV anymore, but uh, they, um, you know, they seem to be very, uh, you know, just more informational. I wonder if that was a thing. I wonder if someone did get in trouble for those really acted out dramatized things that Jimmy did back, I guess, 
what is this, the early 2000s. Now, my question is, now, besides the whole airing it without permission thing, is there something else wrong with that commercial? Do you think the if he would have went to Cliff and been like, hey, this is my commercial, and you think it just would he would have said too risky or things like that? Or do you think it, it could have been a, a case of, you know, he thought something that Cliff was going to see, but in, in reality, Cliff would have really liked it to begin with. I will, I do, I do want to say, because I wanted to follow up on something that you said, you and Sharon said that um, it ties in that I think that what Cliff would have said is, yes, this is, this is interesting. It's entertaining. It's effective. However, we're far more concerned about our reputation um, our, our ethics uh, as attorneys and for our law firm. And we don't want to go down that road where we look like we're ambulance chasers. And so he probably would have said no. And you guys said, well, I think it, maybe it was you, Sharon. You said, I don't know why he was almost at the door, at Cliff's door, to show him the tape. And then he turned around and he went to call the uh, television station. I think that, and I didn't pick up this until the second time, but I think that he, um, at that moment, he heard Kim's voice from last night in his head saying, what? I cannot believe that Cliff went for this. And, you know, and he, he was saying, well, why not? You know, he really, he really didn't think that Cliff would not go for it. Once he saw the beauty of this art that he made, Cliff would go all in. But Kim saying that to him put a little bit of a doubt in his head. And so I think he thought at that moment, well, the best thing I can do is show him. I, I'm just going to put it out there and I'm going to show him. I'll do one television station and then, you know, there's no way he's going to deny uh, the effectiveness. That's my thought, at least. And, and you know, it's very – it's interesting because he, he mentions you – know, I think you mentioned it specifically of reputation. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it did bring in the, the clients and he mm-hmm. only ran it once. Mm-hmm. So and only to a tiny market. Yeah, and yeah, the Colorado Springs market isn't the uh mm-hmm. the biggest market. Uh, I guess you would know, yeah. <laughs> as as I would know since you know being a town or two down from from where it is, but I mean it's it's a very small market and I just to the the return off of the risk was very great. Uh if you're watching the video, you can see my hands kind of, you know, fluctuate. Uh <laughs> Uh, as far as the graphs are concerned, so the 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 risk was was a great one, and it brought in a lot of people. So when it comes down to it, when it, for the next episode, do you think it's a very um, from what we know, he hasn't seen the commercial because but the goal. Yep, no. uh, the goal is to the meeting is tomorrow morning, and they're going to watch the commercial right on the spot. And but they're also going to yell at him. Yes. And there's, a, <laughs> it's not like they're just meeting to watch a commercial. Exactly. And I've always lived by the ask for forgiveness uh, instead of ask for permission uh, kind of lifestyle. Uh, I think that's the angle he's going to kind of play of like, Hey, we needed to convert these, you know, customers from Colorado Springs. I took the risk. Uh, it paid off. Sorry, I never cleared it, um, because I I would assume ad ad time 
And see, and that's the other thing too, is that I, as far as like ad time is concerned, uh, I don't think you can just call up, you know, days before and be like, Hey, I want to run a commercial tomorrow. Uh, I don't think that's cheap. Uh, I think there could have been a better way of going about this, of, of being like, Hey, I want to buy a commercial, uh, in like a week or two, because from what I understand, Jackie, the trial isn't, the court date isn't complete or hasn't been set. Correct. That sounds right. Well, I mean, I, I also don't think that that money is the factor at all in this. I think it's the the fact that Jimmy, as someone who just they've just put his new bolo coco bolo de- desk in, and they, he just got his car, and now he's making these decisions without consulting the firm. When Cliff clearly said, "We'll talk next week," but the commercial could be. The best commercial, it could be very respectful, very tactful. I think that it's just that he broke that kind of. He, he should have. He should have consulted. He should have. He should have kept the lines of communication open when he could have. Me, I kept begging him and yelling at the TV, like, "Just wait till next week." Yeah. Professionally wise, I understand what you're saying from Jimmy's perspective. From Cliff's perspective, you can't put my name on a commercial that I was no part of and that I never approved, you know? It says at the end, you know, Cliff even asked, does it say the name of our law firm at the end? Like, how can you possibly put a commercial out there with my name on it and my family yeah. that I've never seen? Like, I am i don't trust you enough to do that. Don't have my permission to do that. It's just not acceptable, I think, in a professional world. What if you went the other way of running that commercial and, and putting jimmy's name on it and then just deferring clients the other way do you think that would have been worst because you call me regular joe Schmo. well you know you you say you know jimmy mcgill you he reuses the the mcgill name and basically he just defers you know oh you know uh right now i'm currently going through some stuff but here is some lawyers that will take care of you uh, over at davis and maine you know do you think that would have been worse because technically that's client poaching i I think he was also afraid that since he already pretended with kim that this was a done deal that they love it that it's a good great thing and and then it's when she says that well i don't how could cliff go for this this is amazing you know at that point he she put the doubt in his head but also he started to think oh well shit now if he doesn't approve it then she's going to be like you lied you mean you you pretended you made me think that this was already approved and you were you know you were going to do this without getting approval and so all of that he didn't want to dis- he didn't he didn't want to disappoint her and he also didn't want to t- take the risk that uh cliff would uh, refuse it so he thought the best thing to do is just to show them all that makes sense but now you reminded me that he just lied to her twice about the same thing this is going to cause trouble and i i know we don't do predictions but i've got some and i'm about to ask is kim the poison when it comes to to making decisions as far as like law firm stuff is concerned because you could make the argument of jimmy getting this job and you know he does play by the rules because without kim you know putting that sense of doubt in he would have probably waited the week to show him or something like that. But well, I guess you could say the same about Chuck too, that Chuck puts pressure on him to be successful in ways that he, you know, he just started out as an attorney. Like he can, he doesn't have to go to the top right away. You know, that, that it's not always, there's so many attorneys these days that it doesn't even like really matter. It's 
you know, you, you kind of have to start somewhere. And I think Jimmy is just in a rush to get to the top because of Chuck. But I also feel like we're kind of blaming everybody else. And a lot of this is on Jimmy. I mean, with Chuck, I can see that he has a lot of blame, but it's not necessarily Kim's fault that Jimmy's main thing right now is impressing her. Some of that's on him. Good point. And, and yeah, and that's true. But you, you also, when it comes to, I mean, when you're in a real, like a young relationship, and you're trying to, uh, especially one where it's very clear that you might be uh, worse than the other person as far as, you know, you you almost, you know, uh, you yourself are a five or a six and this woman is a eight or a nine. Uh, you know, and you're trying to impress this person. Do you, I mean, isn't that kind of poisonous in itself of... You know, I'm trying to keep this person in my life and almost stay on par. Yeah, I'm not arguing if it's poisonous. I'm saying that it's not. It's not her fault. If mm. So you're both right. It might be unhealthy. Definitely, I agree. Yeah, yeah you're both right then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I kind of absolutely see this is really this is you know because I this was not my favorite episode. Uh, I, I didn't think that, uh, you know, obviously because not, there was no big booms or, 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 you know, I don't know what, what, how else to describe but, it. Cause I'm but not, not all, but not all episodes need that big boom. Yes. This was, this was something to lead us up to where we're, we need to go, where the story needs to go to get to the big conflict or the big uh, dilemma of the season. And I, I see it as, Obviously, like, because things are so great with him and Kim, I think this is, like, the thing that's going to push her over because she said, hey, you know, you know, watch yourself because I vouched for you. I put my, you know, reputation on the line for you, and it's going to come back on me. So I really see that that is just, like, the red flag that this is where it's going to start to turn, you know, bad between him and Kim. Um, although I don't know, I, I, I kind of hope that there's a series of events that things that Jimmy does down the line that breaks that tie and he loses because he, he's going to, I, I think we all think that he's going to lose her at some point, but yeah, um, I, I think Bryce brought it up, uh, last week is the, they really are a ticking time couple yeah. as far as, uh, uh, everything is concerned. I mean, you have, you, you have my theory of. Kim is too good for Jimmy. So Jimmy's trying to reach to impress her. You have Jimmy's uh, doubts in himself uh, and being a lawyer. So he has to do all these risks. And uh, I, it is definitely not a good uh, place to be as far as, you know, Kim and uh, Jimmy are as a couple. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. It's very clear. Cause we know how Jimmy turns out and we know that Kim wants nothing to do with that. Yep. Yep. Um, so I guess we, we got more to talk about that, particularly the end. Um, but there are the, well, I was looking around for news stories. Um, wasn't a whole lot this week. A lot of them had to do with the Easter eggs, uh, that were already mentioned in, uh, the insider podcast with Kelly Dixon. I I wonder if I could do one show without mentioning or referencing, you know, actually I was thinking we should change this podcast 
into a fan cast on the Better Call Saul Insider podcast. Why? <laughs> you know why not? I mean, <laughs> so I don't know anybody else is doing it. So there's there's after shows <laughs> upon after shows uh, for many different uh, uh, kind of mediums of of television shows, and I think that'd be a great. Uh, <laughs> I think they would get a kick out of it of of a fan cast of a insider podcast of a television show. I, yep. I think it's perfect. Yep. Yep. In fact, we should, we should start, start that this <laughs> and, and then we should go back and do Battlestar Galactica. Okay. 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 I've been meaning to watch that. I hear great things about it and I just have never done that. Uh, never watched it. So, uh, but there was a, uh, a story, um, I guess this article is cinema blend and um, it's uh, titled Aaron Paul's Better Call Saul cameo might be sooner than we thought. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that uh, when the season first started, season one, that's when we got the news that, no, uh, Aaron Paul will not be doing, um, because of other reasons, he would love to do it, but he's not going to be doing Better Call Saul. And I thought, oh, you know, this is such a, like, the, the way that it was phrased, it seemed like it was put uh, to make us think, oh, no, without a doubt, we're not going to see him because there was so much hype and talk about, are we going to see Brian Cranston? Are we going to see Aaron Paul? And so to me, I thought, yeah, well, there's a very good chance we might see them because I believe that this is going to go continue on for at least a third, fourth season. Um, and uh, anyways, but apparently uh, the story comes out because recently he was um, uh, participating in a Reddit AMA um, and he was asked whether or not he might be in Better Call Saul. And he said, quote, yes, of course, I'm such a huge fan of Better Call Saul. And of course, everybody behind the show. So who knows? Maybe I already shot it. It might be airing the season, airing the season. I don't know. Well, actually, I do know. But you'll have to watch and see. But yeah, I'd absolutely be open to it. And we've discussed it, the possibility. Now, I think the key words is discuss the possibility. Mm. Uh, I think he, they have approached him on mm-hmm. on coming on. I think uh, the big thing with Aaron Paul is that he is a huge fucking commodity right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because mm-hmm. this has happened uh, surprisingly uh, – this has happened before with another show, uh, It's Always Sunny. Uh, he was supposed to guest – uh, a couple seasons ago, what he, he said it was a go, and then uh, they ended up uh, not doing it just because of schedule conflicts. And yeah, uh, they haven't uh, worked anything out, and that's because he, he he's just so much in demand. I mean, he has he's got a new show uh, that's coming out on uh, Amazon, I believe, or Hulu. I think it's Hulu. I think yeah, I think it's Hulu. He's doing that. He's the path. I, yeah. When Breaking Bad ended, he was doing Need for Speed, and he just did Triple Nine, I believe. And he also has to do BoJack Horseman, which I believe mm-hmm. also executive produces, if I remember right. Um, he's he's got his hand in so many different properties that uh, I'm sure they came to him uh, as soon as possible because they I'm. I'm pretty positive they they were like towards the middle of the you know this conception of Better Call Saul. They were like, we want Aaron Paul back, but we need to figure out a way to do it correctly. 
and we need to make it work with his schedule because he's he's going to be in so big demand of uh, when this final season ends. And I think I don't think he shot it. That would be pretty insane to uh, in my eyes to to have him already on the show in a second season. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think they've discussed it. I think they have it all worked out, but I don't think it is uh it's in the cards for this season. Because if you look at it, if we if I'm thinking I think it might be. My 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 gut tells me it is. My gut tells me that 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 we'll see particularly now that I saw this, I I I feel it'll be him over Walter. Um, and more so than say uh, Gus um, this season. Um, I don't know. I I think if you can't explain this, why. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> things happen. Uh, I'm probably wrong. Uh, we're all probably wrong, and he's probably gonna pop up. You know, he's probably mm-hmm. already popped up, knowing knowing how things go. Uh, just in in the background or something like that. If you I know. just hope that it's done for creative purposes. More than to just for ratings, exactly. But knowing these people, knowing these creators, knowing the writers, I I don't think for a moment, I I I I don't believe that it's done just for ratings. And I I agree. And I I think the big the big thing is if you look at other shows, look at ER. Um, the the last season they did it was supposed to be a huge surprise that uh, George Clooney was coming back for an episode uh, as soon in the age of the internet and uh, the age of NBC being uh, fourth place, almost fifth place behind uh, Univision. Uh, they promoted the shit out of uh, the George Clooney cameo, which I believe <laughs> That's right. like, wasn't in the episode that long. So, but they promoted it like he was in it you know, for 59 out of 60 Um I remember that. The the thing that AMC has is it they're a story-driven uh, network. And I think they would not, you know, come out of the gate. And it's clear because they, they show clips of next week's episodes, you know, online and things like that after the show. And these clips tell you nothing about the episode whatsoever. Uh, they show a thing. I mean, these, they showed a clip of the second episode and the only thing was, uh, Danny, Daniel, uh, rolling up in his, in his Humvee and being like, Hey, I didn't know you worked here. And then that was it. That was the clip they showed. Um, so you're saying you're glad that these, uh, these aren't like, I'm glad this is not opera lead into the next show. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad this isn't on NBC because they, they would have, they would have promoted Tuco. They would have, uh, (laughs) they would have said, you'll never guess what, uh, crazy hedge fund lawyers coming back. I don't even want to think about how that would be done. Yeah. No, don't. Uh, (laughs) So I believe the way they're doing it, I'm sure will be. Right. Exactly. And yeah. but to we me, we have faith in the writers and creators. If you're listening, which you're not, but you I, might be. To me, I believe we're doing Sam Piper for the entire season, and it it very well could be a 
this sand if they're going by real time the sandpaper sandpiper thing uh could last for a couple of seasons mm-hmm. if you look at it you know in real world in real world uh time or maybe jimmy's fire tomorrow or maybe yeah <laughs> maybe jimmy's done uh, at the start of episode four before the first act is is over uh so one thing i personally want to bring up uh uh, after this Aaron Paul news that, that we've talked about is uh, Nacho. Nacho uh, appears for a good uh, 30 seconds, and it is probably one of the um, anticipated 30 seconds of of the episode because Mike gets called for this job, and he is specifically uh, requested for this job. And you get the, the shot behind... Uh, Nacho, which we don't know that's Nacho. Uh, you see the, the pointed boots that kind of look like the, the twin brothers from... Oh, yeah. From, from uh, Breaking Bad. The, Breaking um, Bad. Oh, yeah, I forgot what their names were. Yeah, but I forget, too. Mexico, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, the ones that were crawling on their hands and knees to that uh, temple. Yep, mm-hmm. so you get, the, I mean, you get the boots that kind of look like that, and then you also think it could be Tuco because he's back, and Tuco's a big guy that you can uh, request certain people for. Um, I just got the feeling I was going to be somebody scary. Yes, exactly. But it's Nacho. And, I mean, not to say that Nacho isn't scary because he uh, to be the middleman of a crazy lunatic is uh, probably more insane than being the lunatic uh, yourself. Uh, because, yeah, because you have to calm that uh, crazy uh, son of a bitch down. <laughs> when mm-hmm. things go go awry and all that's pretty much said is i need your help uh to take care of something i need a man i need a man to go away yeah who is this man and he says uh it's a guy it's a man that's in my way um and uh cuz i i think you know because yes yes he says i have first he says i have a problem and that I need so you know, and and Mike says, um, you know, is it a pro, is it a who or is it a uh, a thing, you know, or, or is it a person or a thing? And then he says, it's a man. I need to go away. So you know, I didn't, th- I did not think this this first time around. Second time around, of course, I'm just questioning everything and kind of looking for any little thing to say. Uh, and I think I'm wrong, but what are the chances that he needs Mike to go away? Because Mike pressured him with Tuco and said, do you want Tuco to find out about this? Um, so it's kind of, or did he just gain respect for Mike so much so that he knows that Mike is thorough, Mike is good, because he was impressed because he said, how did you find me at that card, uh, the repulsory place? And he just, and then Mike just kind of went, you know, ticked or whatever. That he normally, like he normally doesn't. So he never explained it, but, but Mike is good. Mike is really good at doing this. And so maybe, you know, I, I think, what do you guys think? I think that's actually a really good theory of uh, him uh, being brought to the abandoned wherever. And uh, he's the guy that needs to be taken care of. Uh, it's the, the mantra of uh, keep your friends close, enemies closer type thing. Uh where you could, Ooh. you know, see that this guy that uh, helped you out 
and I use the term help in very loose terms, um, needs to go away because uh, he he could down the road be like, hey, remember that time where I did this for you and and this for you? Well, now you need to pay up or I'm going to turn you in. And 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 Nacho is uh, as as we know he's very smart, um, and maybe he knows that well. If if Mike has this over me, then I need him working for me. Right. Exactly. That is definitely keep your friends close, enemies closer. Right. Uh, as you were saying. And I think it's it's very beneficial for for Mike to be on Nacho's side. Well, Nacho. To, to enlist Mike to, to be on his team because yeah, I, uh, those guy, his guys, uh, that were shown, uh, at the end of two, uh, didn't seem like the greatest, uh, uh, loose end people, uh, to tie up loose ends. The guy doing donuts? Yeah. I think so. No, I, I don't, I, when, yeah, doing donuts in a high profile, uh, Humvee is definitely not a, uh, is not a good way to uh, stay under the radar, in my opinion. And I think Mike is the key for for them to stay under the radar compared to uh, uh, staying out in the open. As far as the guys concerned, uh, I I would assume it is somebody uh, that is fucking up uh, Nacho's operation as far as drugs are concerned. I think you're probably right. Sharon, you know, thoughts on, on Nacho's uh, little dilemma? Well, I like I like where you guys are going. I wonder if it could be some kind of a win-win situation of, you know, I'm going to send Mike on this errand, and if he does kill the guy, great. And if the guy kills Mike, great. Um, maybe hmm. setting Mike up. To, to take the fall. go after yeah. someone that knows Mike's coming. I don't know. I really don't know. So you're you're kind of in line of Jackie's kind of first theory of almost setting him up to to uh, be taken care of, uh, put in a risky situation. It's collateral damage, right? Is that what you're saying, Sharon? Like yeah. if if Mike goes. Yeah, then it's still a win because then nobody's threatening him with Tuco. Right. Maybe it's a situation where if Mike takes care of this problem, whoever that guy is, maybe he has a position in his drug cabinet, uh, I guess, pretty much yeah. the drug cabinet. Maybe of- Mike can take this, this guy who's fucking up his place. I don't mm. know. That's true. Um, you know, and also, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think, I think, I think chances are not because Nacho, we know he's been proven to be smart. He's a smart guy. Tuco is not. Uh, that was clearly laid out for us, to, a lesson for us to learn that mm-hmm. Nacho knew, you know, had a bigger view on things and kind of understood people better. Um, so maybe, Maybe that maybe that that's part of it is that that Nacho knows this and hey if if he takes the fall for me then great uh, if he but I need something done and I know that Mike can do it you know as just like uh, Gus um, 
Gus wouldn't, you know, you know, if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, well, you know, you should watch Breaking Bad, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and we're towards the end of the show anyways, but, uh, but, but, but Gus kept people around because he knew, uh, in Breaking Bad, because he was a smart guy. He knew that it was important to keep them because they were good for a certain purpose. And so that's not really spoilery. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so, so maybe, maybe it's kind of the same thing. I, I don't know. Uh, but I can't wait to find out what it is. Yeah. And I, I just can't wait to see what world Mike fault goes into from here. Yeah. And this episode, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, epi- some episodes end in, in bangs. Uh, this one kind of ended in, you know, pops almost where mm-hmm. you, you have the little cliffhanger of who's the guy that needs to be taken care of. And then you also have uh, Saul's big, big meeting uh in the morning uh his for his viewing of the commercial uh do you kind of have any thoughts of where both of those uh storylines are i guess mainly the the commercial uh how that meeting is going to go um i i don't think it's going to go good for jimmy um and i think this i i i I don't see jimmy staying at davis and maine more than two or three episodes from here. Uh, I think he's definitely out of Davis and Maine by the end of the season. Um, and, 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 and this is the very start of it. I think he's going to be put on some kind of restriction Probably. and, 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 and Jimmy's going to like not be able to tolerate that because if he does his own stuff, if he becomes Saul uh, or, which I think he already is Saul. Um yeah, there's right teetering right between exactly. The two. There's and I was kind of discussing with myself uh, of uh, I I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> um, Does he, Sharon? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I do it privately. Um, <laughs> when, when when Breaking Bad came came to uh, to the airwaves, there was always the discussion of when did uh, uh, Walter break bad, and there's the there's the argument where he, well, he broke bad when mm. first the first episode where he cooked. Oh, he broke bad when he killed this guy. Oh, he broke bad when he saw someone die and didn't do anything about it. There's right now we're I think the internal debate of when did he become uh, Saul, even though he never took the name Saul. I think he. He kind of becomes Saul in the first episode of being like, hey, you know, I'm going to take this guy for a run for his money and, you know, get that expensive bottle of or the expensive shot of tequila uh, is concerned. Because that's I mean, if you're a lawyer, uh, you're not supposed to do that kind of stuff uh, because you find out that that's bad on your reputation. Uh, And then there's the argument of. Now the the commercial just running it without permission. Um, well, and last week the whole uh, oh, what did he do? I can't think of it. Oh, the 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 pie, uh, the the oh yeah, the spot stuff of <laughs> fabricating evidence. Uh, yeah. So there's there's those three aspects of this is where he becomes uh, Jim or Saul because he even. Even in the first season, he's very, he's very by the book. Uh, I mean, he gives that one point six mil back. He he helps the 
the old people in Sandpiper. Uh, he, for the most part, uh, the the guys that jumped in front of his car. He he didn't sell them down the river uh, to Tuco. He, I mean, he he begged for their lives, uh, if I remember correctly. Mm. So there, in the first season, there really isn't a point where he's like, you know, shit, I am. I am Saul Goodman and I do not give a, a fuck. There's no moment like that. You're right. I mean, he was being a good brother, but he did say that he's never going to do that again. And giving the money back. So I feel like that could be a point. And and yeah. And, but there's, there's a difference between saying things and then doing things. The actions speak louder than words. And yes, you can say, you know, Never going to let that 1.6 million out of my hands ever again. And I think that's pretty much what I'm going to bring up every week of, you know, that that seems like the whole basis of, of this season of like, there's this huge money train that, that is about to hit the station and I'm not going to miss it this time. I think you're absolutely right. And I don't care if I have to do good to get it or bad to get it. I'm getting on that train and I'm going to Scrooge McDuck uh, around the, the money in that train. And I think we're, we're starting to see his, his uh, questionable tactics between the solicitation, which I don't know as far as the solicitation laws are concerned, whether, because it seemed like he was only soliciting one, but everyone else joined in because they overheard what he said. Uh, yeah, with the bus thing. With the yep, with the. Well, the I bus. definitely feel like paying the driver made it not. And yeah, legit. exactly. And yeah, paying the driver, yeah, that's not legit either. That I, you forget little details. When... And and that that that's kind of what it is. Is just the code of ethics for attorneys that the his bar association would approve of, and they would not approve of something like that. Uh, you know, you should really strive to be an honest, upfront attorney, and any kind of. Uh, bending of any way it turns into ambulance chasing and then you you could be disbarred so but but yeah he hasn't broken any law uh but you know i i what i do know of uh bar associations in each state is they are extremely tight uh, anal retentive organizations um some states more than others but yeah you know i i think that that that's definitely it is that i'm sure his state new mexico would you know, uh, probably I I don't know that state's kind of policies, but uh, uh, but but yeah, I I I think that that would be a definite no no. Um, definite no no indeed. Uh, final thoughts uh, on the episode, ladies? No, Sharon. No, um, no, I I, I don't. I liked it. Um, I, I've uh, there's not been an episode that I have not liked so far. But like I said, I, I did feel that this was definitely a building block, and that's fine. Um, it kind of gives my brain a little bit of time to uh, sort of relax. Uh, so, you know, some shows, they feel like you have to have a big thing each 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 sort of week, and, and they don't really give you the time to to, to contemplate where it's going to go and, 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 and then allow the story to grow. So in that way, in, in that regard, I really like the episode. Um, but it, it won't be my favorite because there are just so many good ones. Exactly. And, and something we're kind of curious about is, uh, how do you personally watch better call Saul? Uh, uh, our friend and, and yours, uh, Brian Brushwood, uh, 
is actually experiencing uh, troubles uh, watching through Sling TV. Uh, uh, although he, he watches it through his computer and I don't know as far as like other apps are concerned, cause I'm reading that, you know, some apps uh, work better than others. I heard there's no problems with Roku, uh, but there's problems on the uh, computer side of watching uh, Sling TV. So we're kind of curious on how you watch Better Call Saul because in this day of age of uh, cord cutting and Netflix and uh, Sling TV and things like that, we're curious on how you consume uh, – Jimmy McGill's uh, Sandpiper uh, Mysteries uh, is what I like to call it uh, just because of his murder. Absolutely, because one of your uh, co-hosts of the show happens to be a producer, uh, and we had another, the other, the main producer of the show on called Cord Killers last week, and we, and we talk about ways to cut the cord, and if you are, uh, it, it, please tell us. It, it would be great. We would love to give that kind of feedback to uh, the other show, and um, I think it would just help everybody all around if we could find a great solution as to how to watch, how to cut the cord and watch Better Call Saul. Yes, because I was actually uh, legit thinking about uh, going to to try out Sling TV, but uh, Brian's uh, tweet of, I think I'm backing off the Sling train uh, kind of made me uh, take a step back on <laughs> on whether I should jump on that service as well. And and there's also other platforms like uh, PlayStation View for certain markets. Uh, they have AMC. And, you know, obviously there's the other platforms like Amazon and iTunes and, and other uh, – Vudu is one uh, yeah. that buy television shows on. And like I said, we're curious oh, – go ahead, Jaggy. No, and also I'd be curious how many people um, are using a VPN – to watch Better Call Saul from another country the day after it comes out. Um, I know that's not technically a legal thing. And so if you want to keep yourself anonymous, we will not tell anyone. But I'm actually interested in knowing how many people go that route. Um, Because uh, Netflix is fighting back on people using VPNs. And I'm wondering, you know, if anybody's had any problems with that too. So Rick, how would they get this feedback to us? Well, you can uh, call us on our voicemail at 505-750-1760. You can also shoot us one of those fancy, dancy emails that people love to use at lawyeruppodcast at gmail.com. And if you just aren't a huge letter typer and things like that and like putting, you know, messages in 140 characters or less, uh, go ahead and tweet us at lawyerup. Oh, I thought you were going to say we had a P.O. box. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we can get a P.O. box. It, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, oh. We could uh, write short messages on postcards. Yeah, and you know what? If <laughs> if uh, people are interested, we will set up a, a P.O. box, but the only letters we will accept are postcards from New Mexico. <laughs> uh, yeah, or gifts. We could take gifts. Or gifts, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but We don't have that kind of fan that's base. That's all I care about, and... The uh, special thanks to uh, Zeb Gons and uh, Johnny Feisty both uh, have helped our show grow with the album art you see on iTunes and Stitcher and everything like that. 
by the way, I want to mention that Seb Gons has done the album art for two other podcasts that I do. Uh, one most recently, it's called That Time of the Month Podcast. It's on iTunes. But the album art makes us look so legitimate. Um, and, and I love it. And Seb Gons is, can, can be commissioned to do ver- for a very, very fair price. And he is super quick. And he knows exactly what you want. Um, so anyways, he's a, he, if you want to start your own, everybody's starting their own podcast these days. So if you want to do that, I would suggest that. And, and I agree. Uh, Zeb Gons is, is the man. And eventually we're going to have him on the show. Yeah, uh, we should. To talk, to talk uh, Better Call Saul. And we also want to send a huge thank you to Johnny Feisty, who also made our delicious uh, theme song and close song, uh, for our podcast as well. And that's at uh, Johnny Feisty with uh, two N's in Johnny and F I E S T Y for Feisty. And Zeb Gons is uh, S E B G O N Z. That's Gons with a Z. Awesome. Rick, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Rick Foster and here on this lovely podcast. Uh, uh, right now I'm, I am, in the homework mode of, of school. And uh, I'm focusing on that. And, mm. and maybe uh, uh, Jackie mentions uh, everyone has a fancy dancy podcast. Maybe eventually I'll get a fancy dancy podcast. <laughs> this is a fancy dancy podcast. I mean, this is our f- super fancy dancy podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Jackie, where, where can people uh, find you on, on the internet? And good. That's a good question. They can find me here. Perfect. And, and also, uh, your other podcast, uh, the, uh, Oh, well, you know, actually I would mention, um, some of the folks who watch the show might also watch, uh, house of cards, house of cards comes out, I think in a few hours from now, the new season. And I host, I, I co-host that with, uh, Roberto Villegas and you can find that on the British tech network.com. Um, so if you're interested in hearing what we have to say, we've got great guests and, um, uh, just that, that go there. But uh, what about Sharon? You can find her right next to me <laughs> weekly Thursday, Thursdays at about 7 p.m. Mountain time uh, where we talk uh, everything better call Saul. Excellent. Ne- until next time, uh, you better get an attorney. Yep. Yeah, because uh, eventually you're, you're going to be going down to Amarillo and you getting in trouble. Getting get on buses. Hijacking uh, buses. You do solicit people. The one thing you need to remember is to lawyer up. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>